0: This is a reading from All the President's Men, written by Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein. Woodward phoned Robert F. Bennett, president of the Mullen public relations firm, and asked about Hunt. Bennett, the son of Republican Senator Wallace F. Bennett of Utah, said, I guess it's no secret that Howe was in the CIA. It had been a secret to Woodward. He called the CIA, where a spokesman said that Hunt had been with the agency from 1949 to 70. Woodward didn't know what to think placed another call to his government friend and asked for his advice. His friend sounded nervous. On an off-record basis, he told Woodward that the FBI regarded Hunt as, as the prime suspect in the Watergate investigation for many reasons aside from the address book entries and our mail check. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to All the President's Minutes. I'm your host, Blake Howard. Joining me today is, look, There's there's several you might be shocked to learn, but there are several podcasts uh, around the world who talk about movies. Um, uh, I'm now talking to one half of our dynamic duo who invented it uh, according <laughs> to their podcast. Uh, they, uh, they do the incredible show Total Reboot and they also did the absolutely outstanding and phenomenal Finding Drago or Finding Drago podcast. We mispronounce it it on purpose. (laughs) Mispronounce on purpose. Um, uh, And I'm so blessed uh, to have been a guest very recently on their show as you're listening to this. Uh,
1: Alexi Taliopoulos, welcome to All the President's Minutes. Blake, thank you so much for having me. It's... It's... It's like fate. It's like truly, we just watched my minute, and (laughs) it's like fate to have this one on here. Hey, hey,
0: stop going behind the curtain! All right, we (laughs) watched the minute while it plays for people
1: listening. So sorry, I'm yet to see my minute, but I've been told (laughs) it is like fate.
0: (laughs) No, so as you guys are listening, this is the 18th minute of Alan J. Pakula's 1976 masterpiece, Mm -hmm. All the President's Men. and uh we are now in the thick of it this amazing sequence where robert redford playing bob woodward is going through and grinding through and doing background checks yeah. on howard hunt and charles colson they're calling charles colson's office calling all these background details and basically following the leads that he's received from the police of different phone numbers that are in the watergate burglars mm. pocketbooks
1: yeah it's a great sequence and I, I'm really glad that this is the direction you decide to go with like your new season of the podcast. Because so I think that it's like, this is such, to me, was such an important movie in high school.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's an important movie to me for many, many years.
1: And it just, and I think that I, uh, it's one of those movies like, this is so cool, so cutting edge shit. And so like Persian, and so, such a great movie that weirdly I feel like has not, it should be more well known and more known as like, this is one of the great cinematic masterpieces of like the new Hollywood era. But it's kind of like, it's been in recent years, like outshone by other films. And I don't know, I've never understood why. Yeah. I mean, with all respect to spotlight,
0: Mm -hmm. which won best picture for content. um, I just look at things like spotlight. I look at things like the post and like, that is a lavish love letter to mm-hmm. to this movie To this movie it's 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 so 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 perfect for that right It's just a lavish love letter. I just fundamentally don't get how people don't watch this mm. and and be hooked by it so immediately I think that that was yeah. and, and you know you're you and cam and your amazing total reboot that have gone for so many years mm. like it's like you guys get you know going to different seasons and different yeah. moods and after one heat minute. A lot of folks don't know but I like I this is a movie that I watched continuously. It yeah. was like my background noise in the background when yeah. I was doing other things. And I just then you just start to see wait a minute. This yeah. is perfect. Like there's not yeah. a bad scene and there's not a bad performance and there's not a not an unmemorable moment. There's not a, a any choices that feel lazy. Everything feels really effective and deliberate and and particularly in this sequence like for a movie like I know you and mm. I have both experienced movies where like they won't shut up. Like they yeah. just won't stop talking and yeah. uh, giving me exposition. But this is a guy that's like grinding through conversations. We're imagining all these people he's mm. talking to, what they look like. And it's just wonderful. And uh, it's it's like a
1: movie that does all the things basically you shouldn't be allowed to do. Absolutely. And I think re-watching it again, because I've, I've watched this movie many, many times, yeah. but I've rewatched it again the last couple of years with purpose each time. <laughs> and with the purpose of watching it again to discuss it with you, what kind of shocked me this time or was the most pleasant surprise is how weird this movie is. Yes. Because, you know, in your memory, the way that this movie exists, it exists as like this... Uh, this kind of perfect capturing of like the procedural of the elements of journalism, of the elements of investigation and that's kind of where it lives. People know it as that film but then watching it again, I'm like, this movie is really weird the way, how formally it's made and like how, um, like just, even the cinematography is, I would never, you would never expect it to look like this because it's like these really long shots but then there's jump cuts and stuff but it's also like, the perp... Like, it's one of my favourite film techniques, the split diopter. Split is beautiful. It's my... Maybe... Explan- explain it for
0: someone who's listening who may not know what we're talking
1: about. So, split diopter is... Uh, in In the most basic terms... Uh, the way the camera works is like an eye and uh, the way that it captures things is through focus. So the way that you'll either be looking at something in the foreground will be in focus. Like for example, you've got Robert Redford and he's like on the phone in this scene. And traditionally, like he would be in the foreground and the focus would be on him, which would mean that the image of him closest to us is very clear and that's what we're looking at. And then the background of whatever's behind him is out of focus or blurry. Yes. Uh, but a split diopter is like a. It's used in lots of films, and it's always uses like this show off technique. Yes. Brian De Palma is one of my favorite filmmakers. and He uses it a lot oh, in like Palmer all his films. He's a king of loves it. Loves it. He is the king <laughs> of it. Like he's in every single and, one of his and, movies. And it's
0: the more egregious of like. Violence and faces Mm. and sex
1: and like bodies and tension all created in
0: split diopters and multiple bits of performance happening in focus
1: and lots of like elements going on at the same time and then I never thought of this movie as being that but then like every shot in this movie is basically split diopter where what that is is you've got uh. Two like basically a lens cut in half. Yes. Uh, that's kind of working on the camera so that two things, ba- both background and foreground, can be in focus. And the way that it looks on the screen is that there's almost like this slight blur down the middle where it's like in between the two lenses. But it allows things to be in focus in the foreground and something in the background to be in focus as well, but not to be like an infinite focus where no. everything's just in focus. No. So, I know I've said the word focus a thousand times in the last minute, (laughs) but I'm trying to explain it. All the 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 president's focus. (laughs) All the president's focus. Dude, we've got to do one focus minute. Margot Robbie will Smith together. Hey, hey. Don't you be playing. (laughs) Dude, we're going to do it. We're going to absolutely do it. The focus,
0: deeply underrated. (laughs) The last time Will Smith will ever be sexy. Okay. It's over. It's over. It's
1: over. Sorry, man. Sorry, Will. It's done. Uh, But I think that that's what surprised me on this is like, that's such a weird thing to be doing, especially because there's no overt purpose to it in the film except it's so much about this film is like what's going on in the background yeah, and it's just a way to kind of like allow these themes of like there's so many stories happening at once and so many different the, perspectives this is not
0: the especially mm. at the minute the precise minute that we're doing yeah. which if you're dialing it up because we're about to watch together is 17 minutes on your dial up mm. to 18 Um, it's it's about we are just grabbing at the tendrils Mm. of something we are. And I think you used it so perfectly when you're talking about finding Drago, it was like there was a thread on a Wikipedia entry that dove yourself and Cam down that crazy thing. And Cam very aptly said to you that you're the only person who was pulling on that thread in the world, which I think we can fair, fair to say that you weren't now after (laughs) the show, after after the shows happened, but it's that, right now in the context of this film mm. and in the context of this story they're pulling at something that like it's interesting yeah. it's curious it's it's scratching it's 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 creating an itch that must be
1: scratched mm. to
0: satiate you but right now there are so many other things going on in the
1: world yeah and i think it's it's so the comparison between this and finding Drago it is uh, <laughs> it is apt because that was the last time i watched this movie was like when we were like developing drago developing the pilot this was like the movie that i went back to like it's more the more overt like references for me like putting the pitch together putting the show together were like the documentaries that i love the investigative documentaries that like inspired me to want to make investigative Um, media wanted to make films like that was like catfish was huge for me came out the year that i went to film school and i was like uh if i make a docker it's going to be that i'm going to make that (laughs) that's the kind of thing i want to make and then tickled and those are the kind of things that we used um and but then when i was like oh but now we have to tell like this longer extended story and to kind of like extrapolate comedy from it even though because the mystery that we're going for, if you haven't listened to Funny Drago, it's a mystery to. investigation podcast that me and my friend Cam James did, where it's a true documentary, like it's factual, it's a real documentary, it's all true of us trying to drag down. The fake, the track down this author of this unauthorized Rocky spin off novel who's like, and there's like this huge, like Pulitzer Prize winning author behind it. And it's like his last great masterpiece. And it's like this lost Australian author. So it's us trying to track down this person and pulling out that thread. And so, th- the way that we were going about it was like, oh, we have to make like a six, seven episode miniseries. How can we like, how can we track like comedy throughout it? And how can we track like the mystery throughout it? And this was the film that I went back to to go like, also the film versions of the stuff that I like, the true documentary versions, they're all like one person mysteries. And I was like, what's, Uh, I was like, two person on investigation is like a classic thing. You've got like uh, Holmes and Watson. But I'm like, what's two where it's like they're both in it? Like, what's like one where it's like they're in it together? I was like, it's All the President's Men, one of my favorite movies. So I went back to watch it to kind of like figure out their dynamic between Woodward and Bernstein. And there was that moment where Cam
0: told you that he was a Liberal Party yeah, but like in the Australian <laughs> Young Liberals, he was and a you young looked lips. at him in like episode five. Yeah. Like, what? what? <laughs> uh, that's not true.
1: Cam's uh, yeah, but uh, it's one of those things as well. Like that's so true. Like us thinking about it, or me thinking about it before. I'm like, oh, obviously, dynamically between Cameron and I. There is an element where we do look like the the, the comedic version of Woodstein. a Woodward and Bern, a Woodward and Bernstein, where it's like, yeah, we, you know, like I'm very Greek, very Greek-looking guy, chubby, got like Dustin Hoffman hair and stuff, and then Cam is like this very much Australian, all-American-looking kind of guy, Catholic guy, and so we're like we oh, haven't yeah. smoked nearly enough for you to live up to your Bernstein. <laughs> Like, well, you don't know. <laughs> I had a dark past at one point before I became this sweetie of comedy. Uh, but and I was like, oh, of course, Emily Bernstein, Cameron's gonna be Woodward. But then as I looked at her, I was like, oh, I'm Woodward. I'm Woodward. <laughs> I'm Woodward. I'm not Bernstein. Where it's like he's so invested in it, and that was a kind of dynamic that I was looking at doing this and creating was like Woodward is so in it. He's so like invested and swept up in it. Whereas Bernstein has like just that slight out out. Uh, like, that outer nest to it where he's kind of from the outside looking in at, like, this, the mystery that's going on. And and Bernstein is about the
0: story. Yes. Uh, and how resonant the story elements can yeah. be.
1: And Woodward is about the story. Woodward's about the story. And it, I think as well because, like, he's that, like, young Republican guy. He's like, I've always voted Republican. When I was looking at Drago, I'm like, "Oh, I'm the nerd. I'm the one that's on the inside of the story. I'm the Woodward. I'm the Redford. I never thought I would be a Redford. I'm the Redford." And started getting amped about being Redford. <laughs> 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 well, in your ampedness about being Redford,
0: let's pause. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to listen along. We're going to watch the minute now, the 18th minute of all the presidents' men. Oof, one of the my probably my favorite minute of the movie now. Um, one, a, a very a very powerful minute. Ends on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm then we're going to come back and talk about it more word of the wash do you speak english i go you are not english mo momento momento hey you do you guys speak english or you do you guys speak spanish
1: señora
0: con quien quiere
1: hablar por favor ah señor si uh, si i compre yo no yo no hablo ingles señor ¿Por qué no llama después? never mind thank you donata but Ma- thank you never mind what's this slug Hello. Mr. Bennett. Yes. This is Bob Woodward of the Washington Post. I'm sorry to bother you at home. I was wondering if we could confirm some information on one of your employees, Mr. Howard Hunt. Oh, what kind of information? It's just profile information, mostly. We know, for example, that he works for Mellon & Company, or did work for Mellon Company, as a writer. He's also a novelist. We know that he works in the office of Mr. Charles Colson at the White House. And the CIA. And the CIA. Well, if you're conducting that kind of investigation, Oof. There it is. Great minute.
0: Time passing is done so effortlessly. I love how you said it, the weird formality of this movie and the formal techniques, but time passing is just so effortless. Mm. It's an undone button. It's like opening your eyes.
1: Like he's just been through a thousand phone
0: calls. Like hours of this shit. Yeah. And the split diopter of the scene. So, on the left hand of frame, mm-hmm. you got Redford's face. What's really cool, Redford actually left handed, Bob Woodward right handed. Ooh. He so went method? He went method on the hands. Wow.
1: It's the hand method. Wow, the hand method. I've used the hand method many a time, but it means something else to me. <laughs> it does mean something else in certain regions. Um, <laughs> For your overseas <laughs> listeners. Uh...
0: On the right hand side of frame, though, mm. what's really cool, because we were explaining the split diopter, is that in this sequence, what what continues to be highlighted is phones. Like this yeah. is the machinery of this It's the engine of this whole newspaper. Mm. There's mounds and mounds of like files and concertinas and old stuff. And this great moment is uh, a couple of moments that you could first call Paul Herrera before scribbling him out yeah. and they keep in the flub.
1: The flub is great. Uh. Any of you guys speaking, any of you guys speak Spanish? So good. That it's is m- more mistakes. M- truly, my favorite part of the whole movie, and I couldn't believe when you p- loaded up the Blu-ray. <laughs> and I was like, "This is my minute. I'm getting to talk about my favorite part of the whole movie it's because it's that flub that is so. It says so much about his character. It's just so much about like the world that he's living in right now, the moment that he's in, where he's like made. Clearly, he's made thousands of phone calls about this. He's so in it, but because we're stuck in that stickiness of the pr- of the procedure of journalism of like un covering things of having to do the legwork of having to do the research of having to talk to so many people yes. and it's like this moment on the phone where it's like how many times has he been doing this and he's talking to someone that doesn't speak English that only <laughs> speaks Spanish and he's asking for someone in the room that's full of people because you've got that split up there you can clearly see like so many people moving around the, b- behind the scenes and here. so many
0: other people on phones, themselves on phones. who are p-
1: definitely not paying attention <laughs> to what he's doing no one has any idea that this guy's breaking one of the, like, the three most important <laughs> <laughs> stories of the history of like modern (laughs) journalism and um it's like that flub where he's like does anyone speak english oh does anyone speak spanish is like the way that he's just like he no one's listening to him do it and it's just like him correcting himself and it's just because he's so in this like lonely mode in this like singular mode where there's no one else there's nothing else that matters apart from like moving on with this story apart from the job at hand i think it's such a great character moment
0: it's it's where, and you know this from like creating storytelling, whether mm. it's on podcasts or comedies or film pictures. It's like that is a choice. Mm. So many times that edit is gone.
1: Absolutely. And especially to- a fast paced movie like this, where you're like, we need to move on to the next. This is not an important phone call. We need to move on to the next one, which is the important phone call in this minute. And it's like, but like, nope, this adds to the character. This adds to the moment. This adds to the feeling.
0: Yeah, and adds to that this guy's a sincere guy who occasionally makes. Fuck ups, and at the beginning of this film, these guys make mistakes, Mm. and 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 they get better. Like they haven't, they're not the right now in eighteen minutes of one hundred and thirty eight minutes. You know, these guys are not the Woodward and Bernstein they become, and not the titans of like journalism that they become reputationally and continue Mm. to maintain by the end. they're, They're not those guys yet. What's so cool about this moment is like the editor Robert Wolf. He hasn't, didn't do too many. It was editorial department of mm. other movies, Getaway, um, did a couple of Peck Par movies in the editorial department of yeah. uh, The Wild Bunch most famously. But I love that Pacula is a director and that editor goes, this is the best take. Yeah. Because this is me relating to this guy. It's real. Like, yeah. just that much more. Like, this is the... This is when he stops being Robert Redford mm. and he is Bob Woodward. Yes, like Oof. it's it's like that moment. Yeah, this this in in this moment,
1: that's where it is. This is his moment. This is what they play at the Oscars when he gets there. <laughs> the <laughs> it's flop. him fucking up a line. Hey, it's hand method, and <laughs> yeah. this and that's all what it is. This is acting, honey. <laughs> Get used to it. This is where you got to watch it. This is where you learn it. And I think that it's like. It's like you, uh, like just beyond understanding the character. It's just like I I think it's this up all night aspect to it as well, where you know we're in like this this office building. It's busy, but you have no sense of time of what's going on because there's no windows in this shot. It's just like this, like this huge like. (laughs)
0: It's like it's like they're talking about casinos. Yes, exactly. You don't know what time of day it is, and in this office with the same. Blinding crazy fluorescence that like are over that whole room. You don't know that it's nighttime outside, they're nowhere near the windows, only like Bradley's office and stuff like that. But when you're in the middle, in the like the bullpen, so to speak, you're in the newsroom floor, you can't tell what time of day it is. And that even next adjustment of him just like opening his eyes, going,
1: Okay, I need to keep mm-hmm. having conversations. Me closing my eyes for one second was my sleep tonight. W- and now I have to wake <laughs> back up again.
0: That's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this. I'm just gonna move my face around a little bit because I need to like regain composure. Yeah. And I've been to scribbling down notes and then we get to the next one called Mr. Bennett. Mm. He's uh I love I'm I just yearn and I just, I, I'm, I'm saying it now in the hopes that one day when they eventually maybe like a podcasting, like, you know, there's like a podcasting equivalent of Google, yeah. where you just like, we can all have an office. I'm oh, like, yeah. I don't want beanbags. I don't want ping pong yeah. tables. I want us all to dress in corduroy and to smoke and to work in an office that looks like And this. I
1: want handheld phones. <laughs> I want landlines on the Land- table. Landlines on the table. And I want a dial on the <laughs> phone. I want I want knobs on all the TVs.
0: I want them <laughs> retrofit with knobs. Exactly.
1: I want to tune UHF. I want our TV and our phones to be rotaries. <laughs> we have to spin the <laughs> dial to get to get whatever we need. And it's uh yeah, it's like this. It's this great moment where it's like you're he's slowly uncovering the information. And it's like I love it because it's like the reveals in this scene and the reveals so much of this movie. It's about asking question whether it's the right or wrong one, yes. the answer is important. Yes. And this one is like you're slowly seeing that information seep through. And I think that when we were making Drago, this honestly... Uh, one of the other reasons I have, like the perfect moment like we stole this scene like we were <laughs> like what can we do what can we do we like there's a whole episode of Finding Drago that is this scene extrapolated inside out where uh, we come to a loose end and it was with our producer Anna Bronowski who's like one of my all-time heroes of documentary filmmaking who made Forbidden Lies and uh, the Pauline Hansen documentary um, where so well, we she, must commend her for having to watch footage of Pauline oh, Hansen. Yeah. yeah she Over. man she She's got some great stories about it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and she's. If you ever get to meet Anna Bronowski, ask about Pauline Handsome because she has great stories about, like. You know, you know what? Anna,
0: if you're oh, listening,
1: absolutely. All the president's minutes would like to talk to you about political fuckery. You should absolutely get Anna <laughs> Bronowski because she is, like. The best, like, document investigative documentarian filmmaker in this country. I'll put you in contact with her. I've got her number. We're doing it. <laughs> um, but it's like this we, we extrapolated that from this scene where we're like, where we kind of got to this loose end with the, with the investigation, like, where do we go? Yes. And she made this suggestion that it was like, when you think of her, she's like truly, like, in this country, like, someone that has a lot of stature as a documentary investigative filmmaker. So, it would surprise a lot of people to know that a lot of the comedy ideas for Finding Drogo would come from her because she genuinely is a very, very funny person. Like a super, she could have been a comedian. Uh, She can do like amazing impressions and stuff (laughs) like that. And she had the suggestion of like, you should get the phone book out and start calling noise in the phone book and in Australia, in Perth, in Melbourne, in all around Australia to see if that leads you anywhere. You never know if you'll find something. And then we record this, we record This scene where I'm like, oh, it's so funny. And it's like, this scene kind of informed like, uh, because so much of Drago is like this kind of globetrotting journey, but we're stuck in a studio in Australia to record it. Uh, So much of that was through phone calls, through Skype calls and stuff like that. So it was kind of like, this scene informed everything about that of like how weird it is and like the weird little games you play like there's one that we kept like we kept our weed <laughs> in, which is like one phone call i had to call uh, in Perth, the state library to find out if they had the book by him. And then at the end of the phone call, the person on the other end <laughs> recognized I have a Greek surname and then just starts speaking to me in <laughs> Greek. And then I just have to talk back <laughs> to her in Greek. And that was like that was like, oh, that was my all the presidents' men moment. It was that's, like what I was thinking, it was like you. we gotta lock that in. We gotta lock that that's, in there.
0: That's when you were your most you in yeah. the silliness
1: <laughs> that you were creating. Exactly. It was like I went full Woodward, bro. <laughs> I went all the way in. Full hand. I've got the hand method going on Full Greek hand method (laughs) I've got the Greek hand method which is dirtier than you would think But it's like, it is like this thing. Cause like, you know, we're comedians. Like, you know, I studied journalism, but I've never put my degree to use <laughs> until making this podcast where I was like, I was like, this is, uh, I was like, we, there were degree that I dropped out of twice. So I did get a full film degree, but I put that to use. But with like the journalism stuff. was so like, you know, for us going in, that was the aspect where like, okay, we know that we can kind of bring a story together, but how do we bring like the integrity to like the, uh, investigative aspects to it as well. Yes. That's not just us putting this story together. It's us doing the legwork, doing the groundwork, doing the interviews and stuff. And I was like, this truly was it. it was like, how do we do that through audio? And it, this is what taught us that. And it's funny you say that because like, I wonder what is it like
0: about this? It's not glamorized. Mm, not at all. But what makes it so glamorous? Like you just yes. like, there's something about it that completely unglamorous. And I think you, you nailed it as like, when you think about when you think about grinding through something, and mm. there's a lot of thankless turn after turn, and there can be that, and you've just got to sometimes push through. Yeah. It's that old whole thing? there Or it's not like a fitness or a sport metaphor. It's just like you have to be in the grind mm. and literally keep just picking up that yeah. phone and keep following up leads and keep doing what you got to do because there will eventually be a breakthrough. But there's this moment in this movie where it's like, like it's, I keep watching this, and in this scene, it's it's so. I don't know it's
1: like aspirational always I think it's that aspirational thing is exactly what it is because it's like that really it's like that almost hacky film writing technique and will goldman is not a hack at all he's one of the all-time greats because he invented all that stuff (laughs) and he's written about all that (laughs) stuff as well but it's like that thing was like how do you make someone likable how do you like a character in a film it's like that save the cat thing but it's one of the ones that they teach they really harangue into at film school is like Oh, to show someone be good at what they do. Yes. And I think this movie so much is about seeing these two guys that have the chance to be good at what they do. And then you've got the aspirational thing of like, holy shit, you're seeing them become in, like the best at what they do throughout the entire film. Yes. And I think that moments like this is like where it happens, where it's like, you know, journalism is not a perfect art. It's not like an RPG game where you select the exact right <laughs> thing to say that's going to reveal the best part of the story, that's going to reveal what you need. It's this imperfect craft where you you extrapolate the answers from what is either being withheld, the way that's being withheld, or what is being told to you. It's all about like that, you know, not duplicitous nature, but like the idea the
0: pe- People the, are always painting themselves I, mm, into the hero yes. version of
1: that story. And I think this film plays so well with like what conversations are, the ideas of conversations, how to either win a conversation or what to get out of them. That is so important to that investigative nature of journalism. The first film we're going to prescribe at the podcasting
0: school that will eventually oh, be open. Of big like, time. D- like how to get a conversation. I love what you said before around you know someone being good but it's also he's he's getting good mm. and the comedic moment here and what kind of makes you sort of smile is yeah. when the guy, Bennett, who he's speaking to on the phone says, and you know how works at the CIA and mm. Redford's great turn of, and, and the, CIA. the CIA.
1: Like and pretending that he like, knows.
0: Sort of like he knows. And the, the other guy on the other end of the phone, which gets cut off at the end of our minute, says, well, of course, if you know that he works for Coulson, yeah. you know that he works in the CIA. Yeah. And sort of that person on the other end of the phone is going, "I know you don't know that yeah. you that you literally just learned from me two seconds ago that he was in the CIA. This is where we're at.
1: Yeah, we're go- We're at this high level. Where- this this high is where level- we're la- we're g- we're going we're towards. Land-
0: That's a- again just that other like repeating that revelatory mm. thing to sort of try and keep the flow of the conversation. And it's imperfect.
1: Yeah, and it's a moment where we the film. Very slowly and very subtly, like, takes it up an entire notch where, like, this there's a clandestine nature to everything that's going on, and it's just like, it's like just such a like, if you were watching this in the background, you would miss this moment for sure. Because, as well, in in the world of
0: two screens, you're missing this
1: exactly. And this is a world of two screens, we've got two open right now (laughs) watching this movie. I think there might be three, (laughs) (laughs) there might be three or four, uh, but it's uh. As well, it's like... That's another formal thing about this movie that's so strange. Like, in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know the score to this movie. I know what the score of this film is. I know the theme of it. uh, And I think it has a great score. But then I'm watching it again, I'm going like, wait, is there a score to this film? Yeah. In moments like this as well, where it's like, you know, in the post perhaps this moment would be have like a, some strings under it or like something to kind of build up that tension going like we've learned something new, we've learned something new but here it's all about the acting, it's all about the moments all about the pacing and it's all about the conversation, there's nothing there's no sound getting in the way of the conversation in these movies there's like background noise of like other uh, typewriters going off and phones and other cool retro tech <laughs> 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 but um, there's nothing that gets in the way of the conversations that's all about listening to them and hanging on every word that they say
0: yeah and it's uh, I think that you have just nailed it which is thank you so much <laughs> thank you that's it guys that's the show <laughs> um, that was a last minute <laughs> the last minute we're finished no I, I just mean nailed it as in it makes you lean forward Mm, because it it takes away the two-shot and like you would know from film school, it's like if you're having a phone conversation where possible, you want to see the other person. You're snapping back and forth. There's a snap back and forth. You're uh, emulating a two-shot of two people sitting in front Mm. of each other and to not have it... It's a withholding mechanism. Yeah, you know, like mysterious characters or something like that, and it's like
1: it's like S- Scream does it very well, where you're only yeah. seeing one half of the conversation.
0: Yeah, and and Scream very effectively. It's like for 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 later on reveals, mm. and Matthew Lillard has a face for a phone call. Yeah. but um, <laughs> but but, but
1: spoilers spoil a Scream.
0: How many years ago? Ninety yes. six. it's like three decades old. <laughs> oh my god, that's really scary. But uh, yeah, so it's it's just one of those things where you do it, but. In this in this film it's like we're going to use a technique that is absolutely, you know, mm-hmm. a horror movie technique and yep. it's absolutely a withholding technique for a thriller, but it's no, we just you're just calling someone mm. and your your experience is you are anchored to this desk, like yeah. you're chained here doing time. You're hanging onto the words. You're hanging on to the words, you're trying to make sense of it, your notes are ultimately scribbled and doodled and like you're, they're just all over the place. Yep. But sometimes you get a clanger that this guy actually works for the CIA. Yeah.
1: Oof. It's so good. This is such a good movie.
0: It is a very good movie. Yeah, there are so and like and with all respect to the post because it's just Spielberg doing it's it's mm. it's 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 him expressing a kind of story in the way that he yeah. tells stories like this.
1: And it's interesting as well. Like the it's weird to think how formally different those films are because I remember seeing the post and I really liked it. I think we reviewed it on our old podcast like uh, Cam and I ages ago and comparing it to this film was really interesting because it's un- it's almost unfair it's unfair because even though Spielberg's like the, the great master, it's interesting to see the stylistic differences because Spielberg is someone that you never associate as like a one shot director. Uh, and But Spielberg, so much of his tension is that he shoots one wide and the whole conversation is one wide shot. Like in that film, there's so many conversations between uh, Ben Bradley, by, played by Tom Hanks this time, and Meryl Streep and they're talking to each other and it's just like one wide shot where seeing them both just in camera talking and there's no cutting there's no editing and that's where the tension comes from like Spielberg brings so much of his um so much of his tension and pacing through performance and just by them talking it sets the pace of the and the tone of the film and without editing and watching this one it's like the jump cuts are so essential to like creating the pacing and this feeling of being on edge and that unease of it uh, and creating that like really exciting, unpredictable tone to this film as well. And it's also stillness when you're in isolation. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's what builds the tension.
0: So here Pacula's like, I'm going to do this. It's going to be a really tense scene. You're not going to realise it's a tense scene until we drop a bomb like this on you because we've been grinding through this dissemination of information, Mm. gathering little bits and pieces and little more tendrils, more and more threads until we get to this bang this is actually what you're hooked into but with spielberg it's like he's such a fan of john ford like yeah. i hate to go back to john ford was like he's he's such a john like if you watch you know any of john ford's movies but like i, I often think of the, the beginning of the searches because it's mm. probably my favorite john ford film. Yeah. i always reference that it's like and that are,
1: first shot is like you could draw it from your memory right now it's like that incredible
0: and when they're at when they're there and Ethan John Wayne's character yeah. goes in to visit his brother's homestead, mm. and there are multiple characters in the frame all talking. Yeah. That's a Spielbergian shot. He's yeah. got like a mid. He he loves a John Ford mid shot for yeah. things to happen and for uh, things to reverberate around mm. the scene. Whereas like the more tense parts of the post is like a couple of moments where I think it's um, there's someone uh, carrying like he's got the Panama Papers on a plane. Yeah. in the seat next to them, and it's a big camera move yeah. into them and then into the the seat as opposed to like watching someone sit there agonizing, sort of ordering a drink from a, from a, 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 an air hostess mm. um, and looking down and then sort of like inferring a box, yeah. you know, like it's not, it's not taking as much time. It's like doing something quite dramatic, yeah. but that's just, I don't know. It's like a stylistic flex. I don't know what it is. It's yeah. like, one of those it's like that AI, like artificial mm. intelligence. It's yeah. like a script written by Kubrick and made by Spielberg. And it's this weird marriage of like, it's, it's, it's not either. It's almost not either of it's them. It's not either point. of
1: them, and it's weird. Like I recently rewatched that movie, and like when I was like, this always just stood out to me as something that's so strange. Yeah. And then knowing that those two were good friends, I'm like, they're such different filmmakers, such different people, such different people. Where like Spielberg is so warm, and he's so sentimental, and his films like create such like this really like this this absolute warmth within you, where you feel like this this uh, this very fond emotional connection to his films almost straight away and then Kubrick is like the opposite of every adjective I just used (laughs) to describe him just look up the antonym and then apply them yourself (laughs) and uh, it's like that movie it's like to find out that most of the sentimental stuff comes from uh, Kubrick and then Spielberg has to like Spielberg's bringing them back so it's like oh so it does feel more Kubrickian and stuff it's so it's such a strange movie and I think the post stands out as like this, as this really, I liked it a lot when it came out, but it stands out as like this strange little entity on his on his filmography, where it doesn't almost doesn't make sense yeah. that he's paying homage to like in this weird like meta cinematic universe the way that movie ends <laughs> to this one. Yeah,
0: it lo- it loves this yeah. movie.
1: It's like Rogue One to this movie. Like you can literally flip on this at the oh, I never exactly I right after.
0: That reference to Rogue One in the context of this <laughs> podcast works. It
1: does. Like, it is Rogue One. The yes. way it ends at the same point. Yes. It's it, th- th- them like scrambling the Darth, like, to get that message. That's like
0: the Darth Vader <laughs> lightsaber scene yeah. in Rogue One. God, just for a quick digression, that movie sucks. It sucks. Oh, my
1: God. I'm on the record. It's my least favorite Star Wars movie, easily. I oh hate no. R- R- Rise of Skywalker is Oh, I is forgot a that. Ex- a dude, brutal. I forgot that existed. <laughs> 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 I've seen it twice I forgot it existed
0: Well, that, that's where we are But mm. I just, I think that that, that moment, that leading in. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's really funny that they're, they're both These are both in that same universe yeah. And it has some unsentimental moments too But it's, in this one, I think it's mm. got some forthright moments But it's just, I don't, it's like the aesthetic mm. Everything about the aesthetic here Even though it makes really key formal choices yeah. In the post, just that, that uh, that Spielberg cinematographer, I'm gonna get his name right. Really. Uh, Kaminsky. Janus Kaminsky. Yeah. The Kaminsky the Kaminsky method. Whoa, the Kaminsky <laughs> method. Whoa.
1: Whoa. It all led to <laughs> us it led to us saying the Kaminsky method. That's another t shirt. <laughs> We've <laughs> now Kaminsky- recorded two yeah. podcasts together. There we go. The Kaminsky method, but it's just Janas Kaminsky. Exactly. It's two. It's <laughs> Janos Kaminsky and then Spielberg in the same poster as the iconic Kaminsky method <laughs> Netflix show of Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. Oh my goodness. Oh, that is that is good shit to get the Kaminsky method. <laughs> That's good. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's. I think that this movie is like this movie is so about. Using style to enhance the substance, to bring like stuff that is in the background to the foreground, literally with split dioptic, <laughs> to literally bring stuff into the background into focus. Where it's like in this scene, it's the phones, in so many other scenes, it's a TV, it's paper, it's, TV. Pap- it's paper. And I think like watching it on this rewatch, I know this isn't. I'm stepping out of my minute here. I'm so sorry. I'm stepping out of my minute. Um, but it's, it's okay. You can break the rule. <laughs> I'm breaking the rule. But like you know, those TVs are on and they're telling a different side of the story that all like the tv the tv journalism was like pro nixon shit and it's like stuff that i'd never noticed until watching it (laughs) this time you're watching
0: it now and you're like wow like they are it's 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 like and in and for Mm. very specifically australian listeners it's like you look at someone like abc or four corners or some of our independent journalists yes and they are so on the cutting edge like really sticking it to some of their yeah. political leaders and their fuckery. And then you'll watch a very hegemonic, like just completely vanilla, neutered thing, like our morning shows. Yeah, name them, whatever they are. Whichever they own, are. Whichever the ones. Studio 10 or <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, any of those terrible shows. Yeah. And they're all, they feel like they're just in another time zone. Exactly. Like they don't even exist.
1: Like right now, we're uh, probably a few months removed from like, uh, actually, it's probably never ending. It's probably still happening <laughs> when this is released. But like the bushfire stuff, where um our prime minister Scott Morrison has been like accused of being like totally non not a human. Basically, <laughs> yes. the guy's not a human. The guy has zero empathy. He went through empathy training and it failed. The guy's a freaking <laughs> replicant or something. Um, and like all this bizarre stuff. And there was like this great clip. That went viral of like some conservative commentators like going, he's the best prime minister we've ever had, and then Gretel Colleen, who's like a comedian in this country and like TV show host, but a very and an author, very educated and smart person, just becoming like just going like, are you insane? And it's going like, <laughs> you're insane to think that, and like going crazy, and it's like that's so much of like. You know, this idea of like these multiple conflicting perspectives out there. And then to look back at this, 1976 is one of my big Oscar years for me. Huge you've year. got this, you've got Rocky, you've got Taxi Driver, Ugh. all my favorite movies. And then another one of my favorites that is so much about this from the other side, it's Network as well, oh which is very God. comparable
0: to this film. Network is an amazing film.
1: And I almost, and like that's a movie about, the way that TV media kind of shapes us and shapes the conversation and like how information and misinformation kind of go out there. And I think that watching this again with the context of that going like, I actually think that this is almost more a a, a slyer and more uh, blistering takedown of what TV media actually was like and what TV media like can, like the brainwashing effect of it can actually be because it's like this comparison this slow comparison where it's like it's the second movie in this that if you're not watching it you don't see it at all and you
0: don't need to see it on Mm. those first watches but when you go back and watch it again yeah you're like they're in a different time zone they're behind and then sometimes there's these quick moments where the tv catches up Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and there's an awakening
1: yeah and they're like did you know have you felt it force awakens
0: (laughs) There has been way too much Star Wars <laughs> yeah. on this It's okay It's okay, we it's... can edit them out <laughs> <laughs> One more and it's going <laughs> We're not going to get any better than the convincing method though. No, com- no, <laughs> convincing method's it <laughs> That's totally it But yeah, no, it's just um, I, I, And now, like, in 2020 It's just mm. a shock to think that You know, the engine of that information And that TV stuff, like, what's scary is it's the same.
1: Yeah, it's totally the same.
0: There, except there are different TV channels, you know, with more bespoke things and mm. there are different media outlets. But it's like, you know, great satirists who've been on the show, like Mark Humphries. Yeah. Like they they live for how far behind other TV is mm. to the news, like to the cycle, to the sentiment. Yeah. And it's just massaging all these feelings of disc- discontent. Mm. And these guys are like in there on the grind. Things are happening. Yeah. Things are grinding through
1: Oof, beautifully put
0: well I just I, I genuinely think we're not going to get any better than the Kaminsky method The Kaminsky method we and can, the, you and can the, end the, the podcast and, and, the, and the post is the rogue one yeah, <laughs> yeah. to all the presidents <laughs> man yeah. look Alexei Toliopoulos Mm-hmm. You're amazing You're amazing Thank you so much For being a part of this show Thank you so much For having me I almost wish show. That we'd intersected yeah. um, For one heat minute Around the time Of Finding Drago Just because we we're on A few <laughs> lovely lists yeah. Together Exactly. It's really nice To get a bit of recognition For some tireless And passionate crazy work
1: Yeah we're going to be Inextricably linked forever In the podcasting world In the <laughs>
0: podcasting world That was great Mate, tell people where they can find you. I will obviously do it at the end of the show, but uh, give yourself a shout-out. Oh, the the great fabulous. Stuff you're
1: doing. Yeah, it, uh, well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at thisisalexi. But I've got heaps of podcasts as well. Uh, we've got Total Reboot, where we talk about film, cinema, reboots, remakes, and rip-offs in cinema. It's me and Cameron James, my comedic life partner, where we, uh, both, we both love movies. We both talk movies so much. But we're also comedians, so we, in like, it, muck around... It, and, Invented talking about them. We invented talking about them with a humorous take, if you will, <laughs> um, and also the podcast that we talked about heaps on this, uh, Finding Drago. It's a podcast, limited mini series podcast that we made for the ABC. That is a factual. Documentary, investigative documentary, highly acclaimed. <laughs> I've now put on my CV, literally, uh, uh, internationally acclaimed investigative d- documentarian, <laughs> Alexi Toliophilus. Uh, but it's an investigative documentary, also a comedy about us trying to track down the author of a Rocky IV spin off novel about. Ivan Drago, the villain from Rocky Four, and uh, yeah, we, we're we on the same list of like best of the decade and stuff like that, many of the same list of like great podcasts, so if you like this, check it out. If you like All the President's Men, check it out, and I would love to hear what you actually think <laughs> of it. <laughs> if, you, if you love All the President's Men and like Finding Drago, I want to hear about it. It
0: will be linked in the description, and now that One Heat Minute and Finding Drago mm-hmm. are linked, I think the 18th minute of all the president's minutes yeah. is going to be intrinsically linked to Finding Drago forever <laughs> I think so thanks for being a part of the show thank you so much for having me that incredibly talented and hilarious individual is Alexi Toliopoulos you can find him on Twitter at this is Alexi A-L-E-X-E-I go straight now to your favourite podcasting app get Finding Drago get Mike Check Pod and get Total Reboot Pod all phenomenal podcasts with he and Cameron James such good fun Thank you so much again for listening to all the President's Minutes and anything on the One Heat Minute Productions feed. I'm your host, Blake Howard, and producer of Increment Vice, as well as everything that's been happening on the One Heat Minute Productions feed. If you want to follow me, simply go to at oneblakeminute on Instagram and on Twitter, or to oneheatminute.com to find out everything that's happening with the show and about the show. If you guys want to support us, we have a link on oneheatminute.com to our Patreon, If you can spare even a couple of bucks a month, the cost of a coffee a month, you are going to be contributing to this show, The Amazing Increment Advice, and any other amazing shows that are a part of One Heat Minute Productions. Thank you so much in advance. If you can't support us, you don't have the cash, that's totally fine. But please, subscribe, rate, review, and share the shows. We would love, if you are digging the show, share them with like-minded film folk around the place. Thank you so much once again for listening to this episode. We'll catch you on another episode of All the President's Minutes
1: and another episode in the One Heat Minute Productions feed very soon.